Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Good morning, church. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You know, one of the greatest dangers in the life of a Christian is the peril of remaining stationary and doing nothing. When someone is stranded in extreme cold, there's a great danger of freezing to death. The first process in this step is simply to fall asleep. So you have to fight sleep and you have to keep moving or you will freeze to death. In a spiritual sense, The danger is the same for us as believers. We have to force ourselves to stay awake and keep moving forward in our relationship with Jesus Christ. This, of course, assumes that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Apostle Paul begins with these words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Well, the question is, who are these witnesses? Well, these witnesses you'll find in chapter 11, the great faith chapter, uh, some of them are Abel, Abel, who offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He ran his race by faith. Noah, who believed God when God said there would be rain, when not a drop of rain had fallen to the earth prior to that, he ran his race by faith. Moses, who trusted the power of God above the might of Pharaoh, ran his race by faith. And let's not forget Rahab the harlot, who hid the Israeli spy, Israel spies prior to the walls of Jericho falling down. It is good to see you, my brother. I got to say that. Amen. Each of them ran their race by faith. This is the same commission that the Apostle Paul gives to you and I. But in order for us to run our race, there are two conditions that must be met. The first one, Paul says this, let us throw off everything that hinders. So you would never be able to tell that I am a sports enthusiast. It it doesn't show anymore. There was a time uh, a few decades ago, back in the 70s, I ran track for University of Texas, all-American, world-class sprinter. I did real well back then. But now I'm a guy who walks around wearing oversized shirts to hide my girth. I'm just telling you, that's where I live. The students know it. They know it well. But I'll tell you, sports that I engage in now are any sport that doesn't cause me to break a sweat. You see, one thing, and my wife will tell you, is I love to golf. It just doesn't make me sweat. I love to play bocce ball. I just don't break a sweat. And for any of you out there, 
If you still got your marbles, I will take your clearies, your boulders, your cat eyes, steelies, all of it. I remember, and this time, I won't have to give them back. Because whenever we played marbles as a kid, mama would say, boy, when mama starts something with boy, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> boy, where did you get all those marbles from? Well, I want them from Roy. Well, you take them right back to Roy's house. Well, I'd leave the house. And I'll tell you right now, folks, you go up on Fort Meade and you go up and down Cooper Avenue, you'll find holes everywhere where I have dug and put marbles in them because I was not giving them back to Roy Tiller. <laughs> now, one day, I had this friend. His name's uh, Keith. He was in the Air Force with me. And so Keith said, hey, hey Chris, you want to go play racquetball? And I'm like, sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> the court is only 40 feet long, 20 feet wide, and 20 feet high. How hard can it be? <laughs> and for me, Air Force, that's the most running I'm going to do in a year anyway. <laughs> so I get out there, and we're playing racquetball, and we're having a, a good time. And I would score these points, and every time I would get in a good position to score a point, I would hear Keith yell, hinder. And he'd stop. I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, that's my point. You hindered me. Well, the first two or three times this happened, that was all right. But after that, I called him. I said, Keith, come on, man. Every time I score a good point, you call hinder. What's going on? You know what he said? He said, Chris, you just don't know the rules of the game. Well, I looked at the rules of the game. Here's what hinder means. An unavoidable hinder results in the loss of the rally, so I lose the point. But a hinder is a failure to move. When a player moves in a, such a direction that it prevents an opponent from taking a shot. Blocking. When a player moves in a position that blocks the opponent from getting to the ball. And players may not yell out when their opponent is about to take a shot. And you see, I was doing all of that. Because if you don't know racquetball, it's a fairly simple game. There's a wall up there. And one person will hit the ball. It must hit the wall first, bounce on the floor. Before it takes the second bounce, the other player must strike it and hit the wall. If that doesn't happen, you win the rally. I figured if I can do anything to keep Keith from hitting the ball the second time, that's good for me. Hinder. I became the hinder for Keith. And when I recognize this, and I watch John, Stephen Aquari, I say that's what hinder really looks like. You see, that's exactly the ploy that Satan uses in your life in order to keep you from running your race. Let's call Satan out on his stuff today. God is counting on you to continue your rally, to win your race. Like Tanzania's John Stephen Aquari, you see, I want to tell you about this. The video showed something, but it didn't tell you everything that was going on. Now, this guy's running the marathon. As most of you know, in the Olympic Games, it's the last event of the, the Olympics. He's running a 26, as I reminded last, was reminded last service, 26.2-mile race, because you don't win a marathon at 26 miles. He's running a 26.2-mile race. And the story says that somewhere around the 12-mile mark, or the 19-kilometer mark, 
he is jostled and he falls to the ground and dislocates his knee and severely injures his shoulder. And he's got more than half the race to go. What was his hinder? Well, in this case, it manifested itself in physical injury, excruciating pain with every stride. Here was a man who had every reason to stop. Go ahead and stop. It's all right. Everyone will understand. But John Stephen Aquari did not quit. When the last runner left in the race disappeared from sight, you see, 75 runners started this marathon. 57 finished. When runner number 56 disappeared from his sight and the sun descended, he had every reason to stop because navigating the course even became more difficult. Everyone else was gone. And he heard the voice, go ahead and stop. It's okay. Everyone will understand. John Stephen Aquari did not stop. As thoughts raced through his mind of the thousands of miles that he had ran in preparation for this race, the hundreds of hours. Now, there's no gold, there's no silver, there's no bronze, there's no anything. And the voice whispers in his head, it's okay. You have every reason to stop. They'll understand. John Stephen Aquari did not quit. And a little over an hour after the last runner crossed the finish line, he hears the whisper again. But he didn't quit. And now, by virtue of a single fall, created in part by his lack of training, he failed to train at the proper altitude. Mexico City in 1968, very high altitude, very thin air. In part by his own fault, he fell, and the voice whispers to him, you know, this is really your fault. This could have been avoided. Why don't you just go ahead and stop? It'll be all right. He didn't. The question I have for you today is, have you ever heard those voices? If you have, or because you have, they do not have to result in the loss of your rally. They don't have to stop your race. Remember, anything that is not of God is of the enemy, Satan. When Satan whispers in your ear, you know, if only you would have done this, if only you wouldn't have done that. Each of us have those things in our lives that we know. The accuser brings them to mind. When Satan whispers, God is not going to forget that one, <laughs> he's through with you. When Satan whispers, the affair you are engaged in with someone other than your spouse you think God's going to forget that? You have no chance of recovering. When Satan whispers, God can never, ever use someone who said the thing that you said, who did the thing that you did, who acted in a capacity the way that you did, it's over. Lies, lies, lies from the pit of hell. They are lies. Let's call Satan on his stuff. Hindrances from the enemy ensure and they're designed to ensure that you remain out of the game. Let your name replace John Stephen Aquari's and let God replace Tanzania. I want you all to say this with me. God has not sent me here to start the race. He has sent me here to finish it. Please, 
God has not sent me here to start the race. He has sent me here to finish it. Look at your neighbor, left or right, I don't care, but look at somebody and tell them, God has not sent you here just to start the race. God has sent you here to finish it. And for my brother, Hebrews 12.1, the Apostle Paul gave us what I refer to as a lettuce sandwich. Let us. You see, Paul stands with you and I. You are not alone. Please don't ever think that you are. Paul says that we, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Paul says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Not just you. Let us run our race with perseverance. The race that is marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You are never alone. I want to talk about an area of my life that was a weight for me, and it was. Now, don't get me wrong. When we talk about weight, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about weight, something that does not help my testimony, something that keeps me from winning my race. Now, I'm not picking on any particular issue. This is just mine. So here's my story. Would you like to hear it? Well, thank you. Most anybody who knows me and knows me well knows one thing about me. You know, if you ask Chris Martin about any song from 1965 to 1975, he will tell you the name of the song. If he hears it, he'll tell you the artist, and in all likelihood, he knows the words to all of them. This is real. And you see, that's something that I sort of took a lot of pride in. I got to tell you, in 1967, I was at the bus stop, caught the bus, going to Corcoran uh, Junior High School, <clears throat> got on this bus, and on WCAO, Johnny Dark was a DJ, this song comes on, and it's called Hooked on a Feeling by B.J. Thomas. B.J. Thomas? Who is this B.J. Thomas? Well, I got to like the guy because I got to tell you, my wife is named Barbara Jean BJ, so you got to know this is a Holy Spirit-inspired story. <laughs> Anybody who puts up with me in marriage for 40 years has got to be in line for sainthood. Thank you, Barbara. <clears throat> so I hear this song, Hooked on a Feeling, and man, it's really cool. I mean, if you knew it. So I'm, I'm really digging this song, you know, for those of you who are children of the 70s, 60s, you know, digging. So I'm, I'm really digging this song. And a few years later, 1970, BJ comes out with another hit. Well, this time it turns out not only to be a song that I like, it's a song that everybody likes. It wins an Academy Award. It's number one on Billboard. And it was a, the song track to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Name of the song, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. What a cool song, right, Chris? What a cool song. <clears throat> and then, in 1975, BJ comes out with another hit. It had been a long time since we'd heard from him in a, in a big way. But he has this song, and it's his last number one hit record. Hey, won't you play another 
Somebody done somebody wrong song. Yeah. Number one on Billboard. And it has, holds the distinction of being the longest title that ever went to number one on Billboard. What does that mean? Nothing. I just wanted to share that with you. And I'm loving B.J. Thomas. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I met Jesus Christ. And you know, there's nothing wrong with listening to secular music. Now, I don't believe in secular music and Christian music. When I say secular music, I mean music that was designed without having the purpose of glorifying God. But BJ came out in 1976 with a gospel album. And the name of the album was Home Where I Belong. It turned out to be the number one gospel album in the world. And it was so cool. Let me tell you about this one song that I heard on it. Name of this song is You Gave Me Love. Listen to these words. You gave me time when no one gave me time of day. You look deep inside while the rest of the world looked away. You smiled at me when there were just frowns everywhere. You gave me love when nobody gave me a prayer. That's why I call you Savior. That's why I call you friend. You touched my heart and you touched my soul and helped me start all over again. That's why I love you, Jesus. That's why I'll always care. You gave me love when nobody gave me a prayer. Now, hooked on a feeling, or you gave me love? For me, this became a weight. It wasn't wrong. It just didn't help me win my race. Because, you see, when I listen to hooked on a feeling, and I'm really getting into this music. Well, the next song that comes on the radio is by Billy Paul. Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> we got a thing going on. We both know that it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go now. Let me stop there because I don't want your mind going there. <laughs> and when that song's over, the DJ puts another song on. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Yeah, some of you know, Eric Clapton, cocaine. <laughs> I don't know how I glorify God with this song. Is it wrong? It's wrong for me in running my race. And the next song that comes on is Gretchen Wilson. I'm a redneck woman. I ain't no high-class broad. And I'm singing this song. And I'm the equal opportunity manager for the Air Force. <laughs> and I'm like, Chris, you can't walk around singing this. Well, if you can't walk around singing it for man, why are you walking around singing it for God? This is just me. Folks, I'm not telling you that it's wrong. I'm telling you that I can listen to what I refer to as secular music. I can listen to it sometimes. I can listen to it for that long. And then something inside of me says, Sitting right. Say, Barb, 
Let's listen to something else. And Barbara said, I've been waiting for you to turn that radio station. <laughs> but that is my thing. Each of us have our something. You remember that thing I talked about, hinders? Well, for me, music hinders. Remember I said hinder is move in a direction that prevents an opponent from taking a shot? That other music took my mind off of witnessing prayer, devotions, blocking. That was another hinder. Moves into a position which blocks the opponent. Wit listening to this music would take me a place for hours on end, keeping me from seeking what God has for my life. Players may not yell out. Another hinder. Pre-1976 music screams out at me. It takes me to places I never want to go again. It conjures up memories that have no life, no part in my life as a Christian. The same way that I knew 90% of the music before 1976, I may know 10% of it since. Why? Because for me, I cannot carry that extra weight. Now, separatists are good <clears throat> about Arguing issues. Is smoking a sin? Is drinking a sin? Is dancing a sin? I'm not getting into that. That's not what I'm saying. It is not sin. It is what is it that is keeping you from running your race? Ask the question, does it help me to win my race? Does it glorify God? And then Paul talks about the sin that so easily entangles. What is the sin? Because it doesn't say a sin. It says the sin. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that it is the sin of unbelief. It is the only sin that God cannot forgive. Your failure to respond to his free gift of salvation. There is nothing which will hold us back like unbelief. It's like trying to run a race with a 50-pound sack on your shoulder, with your feet tied together. Yet you can run it, you just can't win. The Apostle Paul tells us in closing, he says these words, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What is Chris Martin's race? i got to ask you a question again. Can I tell you? Would you like to hear? I see a little nod. Would you all like to hear? How about you all? What is Chris Martin's race? I went down. Ocean City, Maryland. It was about 15 years ago. I went with some friends from church, and uh, there was a speaker there. And the speaker, he got up. He was from Florida, a pastor. And he said, you know, I want to ask you all two questions. He said, the first question is this. When is the last time that you were involved in a conversation with someone that led them to a saving knowledge of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Now, in layman's terms, what he was asking is simply this. When's the last time you were involved in a conversation with someone who at the beginning of the conversation did not know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and when you finished the conversation, they did? He said, I'm going to ask you a second question. And the second question is going to hurt much more than the first. He said... When is the last time you even tried? And, oh, man, I really started thinking, okay, did this one count? Well, what about when I said this, that? What? And I couldn't remember a time. So, you see, before we left the conference, he issued a challenge. And he said, here's my challenge to each of you. He said, 
Only raise your hand if you are committed to accepting this challenge. Will you commit to, within the next 12 months, talking to at least 10 people in a way that presents a gospel message to them so that they might have an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ? I raised my hand, and since that day, that has been my race. I have not stopped. We went to Chicago, uh, just got back, and we finished the conference. We were riding the bus, and timing is everything. I believe timing is God's thing. And we got on the bus from the rental car place, and we were going to the airport, and there was a fella, a Caucasian gentleman, turns out he was 62, sat on the seat across from us. I said, how you doing? He said, fine. What's your name? I shook his hand, told him my name. Hey, um, I said, so tell me your story. Anybody who knows me knows, tell me your story is a setup, or I'm about to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> so tell me your story. And he told me a story, and it did not involve Jesus Christ, but it did involve the fact that he used to be a pastor. And he said, but because of all the politics, and when you get higher up, it does this and that. And I said, are you a Jehovah Witness by chance? He said, yes, I am. I said, please continue. We got off the bus. We went inside. I said, hey, can I get you a Ben and Jerry's ice cream? He said, yeah. He got him a Cherry Garcia or something. I got me a Chunky Monkey. I don't know why, but I did. And we sat down at the table. I called Amber Adams over. She just happened to be standing there going to another flight. And we just sat and talked with him. And then there came this point in the conversation where it always comes. If you give the Spirit of God the time, he will give you the opportunity. Where I knew to ask him the question, hey, you believe in heaven and hell, don't you? Sure. Well, let me ask you something. Do you believe that you're going to heaven when you die? Yeah. I said, I need to ask you another question. May I? He said, yeah. I said, if God asks you, why should I allow you into my kingdom? What would your answer be? He said, now that's a tough question. To which I responded, that's an easy question when you know the answer. And I shared a gospel message with him, won't bore you with the details, and 40 minutes after meeting this complete stranger, he prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. <laughs> to the glory of God. So what I want you to know is simply this. My race is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Whether it's friends, family, colleagues, total strangers, it makes no difference because God has not given me or you a spirit of fear. In faith, we walk and we present a gospel message. And like John Stephen Aquari, there will be wounds and there will be falls and there will be sin along the way. But remember those heroes of the faith mentioned at the beginning of verse 1? They believed that God was bigger than the enemy. And so will we. You see, my eyes are fixed on Jesus, as the King James Version says, the author and finisher of my faith. I no longer choose to memorize music. I choose to memorize scripture. How awesome would that be for somebody to speak of me and talk about there's a man who knows his word. I don't know if you can identify with John Stephen Aquari bruised, hurt, wounded, and recognizing you still have to finish the race, oftentimes with little to nothing left in the tank. If Tanzania's John Stephen Aquari 
could endure such adversity for his country, let me ask you this. Ask yourself, how could I not endure so much more for my God? Sure, it hurts. Of course, there have been mistakes. Giving up seems like the right option right now. Jesus says, don't. Don't do it. Jesus reminds us in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God did not send us here just to start the race. He sent us here to finish it. So let me give you a couple of nuggets to remind you to keep running your race. One, believe that whatever adversity comes your way, God has determined and prepared for you to be able to handle it. Two, believe now that you are not the only person in your situation. Others have been there before and they've survived it. You must also believe that with God's help and the help of these other Christ followers who are situated around you in here today, you can defeat the enemy and the power of the Holy Spirit. Believe that the God who sent his son to die for you on the cross for your sins is the same God who loves you right now through your struggle. And when naysayers come and remind you and call you out of your name, remember this. It's not what people call you. It's what you answer to. So pray with me if you would. It may be that You do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If so, we want to provide an opportunity for you to know him today. You've heard me speak today of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. This means that you are agreeing with God that you are a sinner and are willing to accept his free gift of salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, as the only way for the forgiveness of your sins. Through faith, You choose to become a believer and choose to turn away from your sin and trust that God's plan is better than your own. Perhaps you're already a Christian and believe that God has given up on you, so you simply stopped trying. If that is the case, now is your opportunity to get back in the race. Throw off the hindrance or the hindrances that prevent you from winning the race and through faith admit to God that you are not where you should be and want him to create in you a clean heart and restore a right spirit within you. You may be someone who's listening to the lies of the devil and the voices around you reminding you of your sin. God wants you to know that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on. Today is the day for you to stop listening to the wrong voices. Jesus, I thank you for these decisions that have been made today, that are being made right now, that we would desire more of Jesus. Thank you that salvation is open to all who would come, and thank you that you are the God of second chances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, you see, Satan will never tell you to do something that you know God doesn't want you to do. He just says, do it later. It's a tactic that he's mastered over the ages. If God is speaking to you, respond. For those of you who have determined to make a change, it begins now. When you feel the urge to respond, know it's not the pleading of a pastor. Know that it is a Holy Spirit who is urging you 
to make a seat right now. Respond where you are in your seat right now. And don't worry about the person to your left or to your right. Don't consider what anybody else may be thinking. One day each of us will find ourselves in the presence of Almighty God. And we will be answering one question. What did you do with the free gift of salvation offered through my son Jesus Christ? Did you accept God's free gift or did you reject it? Just as the criminal on the cross, in spite of the fact that he had never done one good thing in his life, he just accepted God's free gift of salvation and was assured by Jesus that that day he would be with Jesus in paradise. It is based on a decision that you make. And believe me, when we stand before God, none of us will look to the left or the right to see what decision the other person is making. If you would like to speak with someone on our prayer team, our prayer counselors, or staff immediately following the service, please do so. Don't leave until you do. We will remain here as long as necessary and schedule a follow-up appointment if you require additional time. And above all, folks, remember that God did not send us here to run the race. He sent us here to finish. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.